Hey guys, this is Kelly Higdon from Zinni Me, and I am joined today with the awesome, I always say the, John Clark. <laughs> He's a licensed professional counselor, founder of the Private Practice Workshop, and of Unconditional Media for therapists, would you say? For therapists, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's not necessarily in the title, but, mm-hmm. and I'll just share a little bit. I met John online when he made a not so kind comment about being. <laughs> I don't know. You consider that our Callie's, meeting? Gosh, I would have done it so no, differently. Cali centric, but then we met in person at Slowdown School, and we got to hang out, which was really nice. And um, I wanted to bring him on because he and I have had a lot of good conversations about other streams of income in private practice. So I want you to hear his story, and then we'll talk about some of our pet peeves <laughs> yes. in growing other streams of yes, income. Absolutely. Yes, we're good at that, yeah? Yes, 100%. Okay. Um, and so whether you're watching on the blog or you're listening on the podcast, if you've got questions, post them, send them our way, and I'll make sure uh, John gets to see them too. So thanks for coming on here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, I usually toggle my video off when I'm doing podcasts, but I love having the camera. It's just, I feel like I could just sit here for an hour and you'd still get a lot out of it. <laughs> but then people who are listening in the car would be like, who, 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 who and where is this guy? Exactly. Like he's, he's just standing room. there nodding and smiling like a good <laughs> therapist being like, multiple income streams? Yeah, the answer is yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So you used to be in California. Now you're in North Carolina. Yeah. Okay. And you've had a practice in both places. What's that like moving um, and starting over again? I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, I've, I've told uh, my partner cat a few times. I'm like, I only want to do this a few times in life. Cause it's a lot of work. And even as someone who, who, knows a lot about building a practice. It's still a lot. It's yeah. still a lot. And when I moved to Charlotte, um, I started building my site and doing SEO work and having a plan months before I got here because I knew it was going to be, there's going to be a bit of a, um, a delay and a bit of a curve for, for kind of like getting established here. So, um, but at the same time, it also put some of my own systems to the test where I knew yes. that they would work in San Francisco, um, which was a really hard place to start a practice. Um, so, but, but I also learned that I think not everything works everywhere. Yes. And I'm also trying to, I'm, I'm also learning this a lot when I'm working with different therapists and uh, as their coach is that we really have to figure out what works for you. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was, it, it, it's been neat, but, but part of what makes me weird, well, one, one of many things what? that makes me like, weird. Wait a second. We don't have all yeah, the time to do that. This could go list. anywhere. <laughs> So part of what what has made me different is that I moved to Charlotte and I did not meet a single therapist for the first nine months. And I still, to be honest, only know a handful personally because everything I do is digital. So I just took a really different approach than I think a lot of folks who get to a new place and they're like, oh my gosh, I've got a network with 15 therapists a week and have these coffee meetings and it might not go anywhere. So, um, it's, it's just been different in, in terms of that, the, the way I've approached it that way. I've really focused on just building up um, 
you know, a really strong online presence here uh, locally and regionally. And that's been the thing to get the practice rolling. So, but, it, but it's, it's been good. It's been, for me, it's also created space for me to, to, to work on these other businesses, which I'll tell you, I didn't really have that space kind of mentally or even financially in San Francisco. It was just, it was just harder to keep up. So um, it's, it's provided that opportunity as well. So, yeah. I think that's something I drive with you on because when I started my practice, I was working full time. And when was I going to do networking? And I was working in the county where everybody wanted to stay. So I really didn't, and that it was in an area I, I didn't know people. And so I had to do it all online. And then later I built relationships through that. And now it's all online relationships. So yeah, I, I totally love that part of like how not everything works for everybody. It's like your location. It's, it's your circumstance. There's just lots of factors, which um, why I think it's important to try things and understand like to not give up <laughs> because you just yes. haven't found your thing yet. So why? Well, tell me about your first other stream of income you ever did. Oh man. Um, I've had a lot of flops. I'm just going to tell you like, <laughs> um, I, I mean this, the, the idea of, another stream of income is intoxicating and something that I think a lot of therapists hear and they're like, sweet, I can create this thing and I'm going to, I'm just going to make boatloads of money in my sleep sleep, while I sleep. Yeah. And it's like passive income, which, um, I'm actually, I'm a gigantic, I'm a huge fan of Pat Flynn, but also the term passive income isn't, isn't passive, right? It's more like build something that also requires a lot of maintenance, um, (laughs) and monitoring and you might need a team for it. And, Oh yeah, Pat Flynn has a huge team of people, but like, <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot that goes into it. Like just once you have a good idea and then maintaining it, right. Get launching it and then maintaining it. Like it's yeah. still, to me, it's never truly passive. It's just, I've created a couple things that I do where, where, yeah, so I'm, I'm making money when I'm not working. Right. And what it is for me a lot of times is that other people are working when I'm not working as part of the couple teams that I have. So the first one was actually my group practice was hiring my first clinician, um, which felt like a big deal. And I was able to do that within a few months of starting in Charlotte uh, again, because of that, that work I did uh, ahead of time moving here. And that was a great feeling just to, to know that number one, I had provided a job for someone and a therapist yeah. who I thought was, was really great. And I love that. And she was, she's been a great fit and like, we just really enjoy working together and also have that first feeling of like, you know, being sick or being out one day and also looking at the calendar, looking at the simple practice and going, thank God I'm still making a little money today. Right. Um, cause a lot of these things happen right in private practice and when you're working for yourself. So that was my first taste of it was just, just having an additional person in the practice. Mm-hmm. Um, my, <laughs> my flops were last summer bending over backwards, trying to build online courses that I thought people would, want and need and like <laughs> why did you think people would want them because you did it uh, <laughs> okay no i think this is a good conversation to have <laughs> no in all seriousness though it is i did fall under that pressure of like okay i've i became a practice consultant over yeah. time yeah 
what private practice workshop started as just a blog. It was just a fun place to put my ideas and my thoughts and my hard, hard earned lessons in San Francisco and all the ways I'd screwed up and learned. Yeah. And then it was okay. A way to get some coaching clients. Mm-hmm. And then it was okay. I need some sort of digital product quotation marks, whatever that means. Right. And again, so yeah, go ahead. Well, no, but I think that whole aspect of why that route, what, like, let's just be honest for a second. Was it really because you saw other people doing that and thought, okay, that's what works. Is that what it was? I think that's part of it. Yeah. And there's also, I think, uh, an illusion of what's actually working for people. So a lot of people have an ebook, an online course or whatever, and we get just like FOMO and fear of missing out. Like we think everyone's lives are better because of Facebook and this and that, but also you look at other entrepreneurs and you think, well, they have this course or this thing and it must be making loads of money or because it's priced at X, um, it must be making a bunch of money. So, um, but so I built these courses and one of the first one was an email marketing course, um, which I put a lot of time into and Mm -hmm. put a lot of research into doing. I I paid someone to help me um, create the slides and the images and whatnot. And I did a couple things wrong. Number one, well, number one, I didn't really enjoy it, to be honest. I didn't really enjoy putting it together. Right. Um, I just felt this kind of loneliness of like, you know, I'm just putting together this thing that someone may or may not ever see. So I didn't test the idea. First of all, I didn't make sure that this is something that therapists need and want. Um, or how big should it be? How long should it be? What's the, what's the general price for this thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and then number two, um, yeah, so I, I didn't do the research. I didn't, I didn't really kind of enjoy, uh, have a plan for a launch. And I think that's, that's the other thing is that I made the mistake of just building something and putting it up there and it became stale very quickly. And I wasn't getting, I wasn't getting bites on that thing. Right. So that was even just as a product, it became kind of unattractive. It was just this thing that was kind of sitting on the shelf and no one really knew about. Right. Yeah. I would say for me, my flops are what led us to our course. Like that was our research. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the other stuff is what informed the creation of like business school bootcamp. Mm-hmm. Um, some things that flopped, some things that worked, but then really like it helped us hone in on what we were doing. We also didn't create until we sold it um, the first time around. And now I think if I had to create a course like from scratch, I don't know if I would love it, but uh, what I love about boot camp, for example, like with the hurricane situation, we've learned a lot. We've had a lot of therapists in boot camp impacted. And so we collate all of their tips and what they've learned into a, a section for like how to handle disaster in your area, um, mm-hmm. disaster preparedness for your practice. Like that was an on there two years ago, but now we're like, okay. And so we get to add and create because it's relevant to what the yeah. needs are of the community. So that makes it way more fun than like what you're saying, like that whole, like just like putting it together and all this, that's, it's a lot of work yeah. and people don't yeah. realize. Yeah. Well, and you think of what the result of this thing is going to be. And I, I think I didn't think about that either. Mm. Like what's, what's the outcome for this. And even right. going back to talking to another entrepreneur friend I have in another industry, when she was helping me try to name the thing, it was like, you really need to focus on the outcome. And so what is the outcome or looking at bootcamp? It's like one of the outcomes is gaining new knowledge and technical knowledge and a plan and all this stuff, but also it's a community, right? So that's one of the results of, of building, I think 
a community around a product is that it can bring people together. And those are, might be the parts that you love so much more than sitting and building slides and this and that. So I think just like any job, there are parts of it that you really enjoy and parts that really just kind of bum you out. Yeah. Um, And it's figuring out what it like, what's that balance between, yeah, I'm not going to love every task involved, but what is the outcome if this product brings more people together or for a lot of clinicians, it's if it brings me more clients, then it might be worth, worth my time. Right. I think I, I remember us talking at slow down school, a lot of like you saying, what am I doing with all of this? Like what you were thinking about, like, why am I creating all this work that's not even satisfying or enjoyable? So if anyone's listening, because this is going to be work and because it is hard, you want to do stuff you like to do. (laughs) (laughs) Hands down. So then what comes out of the flop? So what came out of it for me and, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll remember and look back on this a lot of sitting with you at a picnic table at Slowdown School and, be, and showing you even some of this, some of my flops and being like, yeah, I built all these things. I thought this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And number one, I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> and yeah. it's not, number two, it's not going anywhere. And I'm feeling more lonely because of it almost, mm. right? It's not connecting me with the people I want to connect with, which is therapists. So um, it was that. And also I want to enjoy the, the process as well. And so the biggest thing for me is when I came back from slowdown school and I had had this idea for a while of, okay, a lot of, in a lot of my coaching clients, they, on one hand, I could spend six months trying to teach them about SEO and how to go in and, and edit URLs and headings and subheadings and all this stuff, right. Or doing keyword research, but more therapists just want it done but they don't know who to trust. And then we get priced out by these bigger marketing agencies and we just get burned. And so um, it was through another kind of serendipitous conversation um, with, uh, with someone who knows, uh, who, who really loves AdWords. He's a digital marketing guy. And I just talked to him and said, Hey, why don't you, would you want to run some campaigns for my group practice? And if that goes well, maybe you could work with some of my consulting clients. Cause I just know they need it. Fast forward <laughs> from even the end of Southern school to now, I've got a team of seven people. I've got a separate company called Unconditional Media. Just before this call, we were on a Google Hangout, all seven of us having a team meeting. Like we're joking. We're on Slack all day. It's a messaging app. Yeah. Um, I've built, you know, I've built that team and kind of that's the result is I figured out I don't like building online courses. And there's a lot of other ways to reach and to, to, to serve therapists. Yeah. And this is a really tangible one. And I have a team of people that I love working with. I'm connected with them all the time. Um, and so it meets that need of mine as well to, to, to feel like I'm, I'm, I'm connected all the time. Yeah. I think that when we talked about it at Slow Down School, I was just so excited because I said, this is what makes you different. Like, stop doing the stuff that everybody else is doing and do something that's solely yours and just... And it was just really exciting to talk with you about it and just to see your enthusiasm and just your love for working with people. And like having an employee myself, it feels good to give someone else a job and sustenance for their life in a way. And I know that you really dig that and you care about your your staff and treating them well and creating a community there too, in addition to the community you create with your clients. It was a, it was a hard moment of sitting there and being like, how am I different? Right. And I think 
it's a parallel process to being a, a, a therapist and having to answer these questions for yourself as well. And it becomes at the heart of your marketing and everything you're doing. Yeah. Um, and for me, t- to be honest, as a, as a, a coach and with private practice workshop, I hadn't answered those essential questions. And that was only a few months ago. And then I had you sitting me down and being like, I need you to tell me how you're different. Right. And I really couldn't answer it yet. In parallel, the other part that was going through my head was I don't want to be, I don't want to be pigeonholed into this one thing. I don't want to just be the SEO and AdWords guy. Same process that we go through as therapists, right? I don't want to just be the CBT guy or the EMDR <laughs> person. And yet, that what's been beautiful about this even the past couple months since or the past month since the launch of unconditional media because i connect with so many more therapists right now i connect with probably 15 this week of therapists i'm just meeting i'm able to connect them with our services but it has also grown my coaching practice tremendously because a lot of them figure out i need this stuff but i'm also i need coaching i need some help along the way i've got mental blocks you know all mm-hmm. this stuff so rather than pigeonholing me i think yes people will know and see me for that, but it's also elevated this other part of my business, which is coaching because it, it, it's, it creates connections, right? It, it, it prompts a phone call. It prompts a Skype call with all these therapists and it's, it's just been wonderful. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, just thinking about our conversations and where it's come from and knowing, I think we did have that conversation about like, it, this still serves the people you want to serve in your other business too. So that's the other aspect of like, there's a difference between adding a stream of income that is a complete pivot from what you're doing versus adding a stream of income. That's a leverage from what you're yes. doing, you know, and yes. uh, pivots are sometimes harder than leverages, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But um, I think to the other aspect let's just talk about this. So like when you do the course and you're thinking, okay, I got to do these marketing funnels and all these kinds of things. And you and I have talked about like kind of bucking that system a bit. Um, because I do that with Zinni me. We do that. Miranda and I do that together. And then in my own coaching, I don't. Um, and so <laughs> like that's the other thing is not replicating the same business. Yes. Um, making each one its unique process to make it even just an improvement and making it more enjoyable. So what have you done like with unconditional media or the private practice workshop coaching stuff so that you're not replicating what you did like in your practice? You know what I'm saying? I do. I know exactly what you're saying. And I think um, it, part of me, part of it for me has been separating what I feel obligated to do versus what I'm really good at doing and what I enjoy doing, right? So uh, just because private practice workshop started as a blog doesn't mean I have to blog forever. And you right. and I are talking about this too in terms of like, do any of us have to blog? Like, are mm-hmm. we going to be blogging in right. one, five or 10 years? Yeah. So for me, um, I really do well and I've, I've fallen in love with podcasting and that's been, that's been a medium for me to continue to grow private practice workshop but not feel obligated to sit there and write these blog posts. Um, so I think it's that as well as just figuring out, like really play to your own strengths. Um, if, if you're a great writer and you want to write an ebook, write an ebook, right? Like if, if, if you're, if you're good making videos or podcasting and you enjoy this, you know, this kind of verbal exchange, do that and stick with it and use it as a way to kind of 
grow your audience and leverage, you know, yourself on these different platforms, but just don't feel obligated to do something just because number one, you see other people doing it. And with that being said, I'll tell you, podcasting isn't for everyone. There's a lot Thank of people that you. feel like I should start a podcast. <laughs> and I think, I, I don't think it's for, for everyone. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just not. So give yourself permission to, to not try to do everything. The last thing I'll say is I think it's better to just do a couple of things really well than a lot of things mediocre. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think we do try to do too much um, and feel that pressure and um, we, it's just not necessary. Really? <laughs> I think. You mean you don't want to work 80 hours a week? Not anymore. Good. Not That's anymore. what I like to hear. That's music <laughs> to my ears whenever someone's like, I'm right. done overworking. Right. But I've been there and done that. So Well, it was it was interesting because when I when I left San Francisco, I was um I was working about three days a week, three and a half days a week at most. Just mm-hmm. solo practitioner, full fee clients, like just cruising, right? And then um taking Thursday afternoon and Fridays off. And when I've started these other businesses, certainly it's been like, it's, it's gone the other way. Yeah. In terms like a, like an hourglass and it's opened me up to working more hours than I should. And, and again, struggling with that feeling of feeling behind all the time mm. and looking at others or looking at other practice coaches or entrepreneurs and going, wow, I might be doing a lot compared to someone else, like my buddy over here or, even what I was doing a year ago, but I'm always looking forward and comparing myself negatively to other people. Mm. And at some point I think you have to, to deal with that uh, internally, or I've had to deal with that and I'm starting to go back the other way with that funnel. Right. So I'm literally this week, I'm going to stop working Fridays, which is a big deal to get that, that time back and just to lean into and do like I just to do it and to notice that nothing bad happens we have this fear and i think we that it'll work, all fall apart that it'll all fall apart yeah like if i don't work fridays then it'll mean x y and z and it's the same for your practice like if i don't yeah. take that extra client or if i don't whatever it is one of your shoulds what will happen and i think the only way to work through that fear is just to do the thing and and see that it's actually it's all okay and this is what you got into it for yeah i think you know it's natural for things to bloat and then you condense. I mean, our closets are that way sometimes, you know, you get all these clothes and then you, Oh, I need to get rid of some stuff. Oh, and then, you know, working on that too. Back and forth. Right. But I think, um, what I find is a common thing that people do is they get their private practice solid. They get their schedule down and they love it. And they have like days off and then they're like, I'll just plug in, the multiple streams of income into those days off, which I get it, but I sometimes want to challenge a little bit and say, what if you change something in your practice to fit it into that time and you still protect the time off? There is going to be a natural need for more work in the beginning sometimes, totally. Mm -hmm. But hopefully you're learning from your past so that you don't replicate it as much or as harshly in the future. Um, I mean, I've been working a little bit more than I normally would, but it's, I'm still protecting the time off, so yeah. to speak, that I have always had in the past year. So yeah, yeah, it's important. Well, and I think having someone to hold you to that is important too. I mean, yeah. we, um, so Jeremy Sharp, 
thetestingpsychologist.com. He's yes. amazing. I, I, I just adore him. And uh, he was my roommate at on School. Um, so we've kind of made a pact, right, to um, th- this accountability partner not to work more, which is often what we feel, or even leaving on School. That was kind of the thing. It was like, oh, have this accountability partner to reach your big goals, right? And Jeremy was like, hey, um, do you want to be my unaccountability partner? Like, work less, do less. And I'm like, dude, absolutely. <laughs> um, and there's been times even the past week or last week when we're like, Hey, not checking email until you're in the office for the next 30 days. And two days later, he's like, Hey man, are you doing it? And I'm like, ah, well, I already screwed up and I'm embarrassed to tell you, but mm-hmm. I've already screwed up and it's hard. Right. But even he's, he's not working weekends now. Like he's I making know. that huge shift and God. you kind of do need someone to be like, dude, it's all going to be okay. Yes. Your business, your, your businesses, these systems are in place for you uh-huh. and people should know what to do in your absence. And that's the other thing is like, you do need to figure out once I'm, when I create a business, how do I work myself out of that business in a way in private practice? It's hard to do that because you are trading time for money. Right. But for other things or other projects you have or other streams of income, right? Like, are you building something that's just going to obligate you, you know, to, to an extreme, mm-hmm. right? And that's, so that's what I think we should think about. And for people thinking about how do I make more money, but also not just trade money for time, Mm -hmm. time for money. Yeah. Well, this has been a good conversation. I'm glad to have you so that people that don't know who you are now do, because I think like I've, I've spent a lot of time with you and I know your Mm -hmm. heart and uh, we've shared a lot of the same struggles and like growth and, and all of that. And the more we share that stuff, I think it's only better for other therapists so that we have healthy businesses and healthy streams yeah. of income without killing ourselves, uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually, like just to, for what at that point, you know? Um, yeah. so if people want to find out about you or unconditional media, how do they do that? Yeah, pretty, pretty, um, pretty easy to get a hold of me. Um, <laughs> PrivatePracticeWorkshop.com. You can head there, and the one online course that I am proud of is the free one called the Business Basics Workshop, and it's all about really running the operations of your business and just mm-hmm. having really strong systems in place mm-hmm. so that as you scale, um, you can focus on other stuff like a true business owner mm-hmm. um and then uh on www.unconditional.media is um is where you can reach out to the, the the marketing team and can also schedule a call with me there so um yeah i really do just love helping and working with therapists i just get excited about it and therapists are my people and always will be so um yeah I'm happy to talk to you or for folks who have questions or just want to connect i'd, I'd be happy to and um, Kelly, I owe you a lot, mm-hmm. seriously, from from sitting down at Slow Down School and, and seeing something in me. And also, the other thing that I'll tell you that Kelly has been a part of is when I went to Slow Down School, I was in this real dilemma of I had started this PhD program, but it really had, was just sucking the life out of me. It really was just not, it wasn't doing it for me. It was really making me unhappy. And all of my work as an entrepreneur has made me really happy overall. It's been really Mm -hmm. fun. And I love the people I've connected with. And, you know, sitting there with Kelly, one of the things she said at the very end of the week was just, I hope you'll do what's right for you and not what you think you should do or not what you think other people 
want you to do. And that just, that just mm. crushed me. <laughs> just mm. really hit home with me. And the result was I went home and I thought about it more and reflected and I left that PhD program and it's been the right decision times 10. Um, and again, so just, yeah, having you sit down and say that and, and just see that, that dilemma in me and, and help, help me through it was mm. huge. So. Well, you're welcome. Yeah. And then I think I talked to you a couple of weeks later, like I quit and I was like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> you take action very quickly. That's yeah, awesome. I wasn't kidding around. <laughs> <laughs> and then unconditional yeah. media took off and yeah. so many other things. So yeah, please fun. get to know John, the John Clark. That's right. <laughs> With an E. <laughs> and um, yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Kelly.